This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Ring. Stop burglaries before they start with the Ring Video Doorbell. See and speak to anyone approaching your door with the use of your smartphone. It's unbelievable, guys. Head over to ring.com forward slash bad Christian right now to save $50 off the ring of security kit. That's ring.com forward slash bad Christian. You are now entering the bad Christian podcast. I said, are y'all ready? Hit it. A three, a two, a one. Joey Svitson. Praise the Lord, for goodness sake, we're all going to take a Bible break. I said, praise the Lord, for goodness sake, we're all, is there a delay? <laughs> it's the Bad Christian Point, yeah! Okay. Well, the delay is real. The I know, I couldn't keep up with your real. feet. I couldn't keep up well, with Well, it, it was a, I took it to another level, so somebody like, I mean, I would say that you are good at, like, rhythm, and, but you're not great, and so... <laughs> It, it takes a special kind of person. But anyway, Joey, you're back. I'm so happy I'm you're back, back, man. You you were on your anniversary. How'd, how'd your anniversary go? And things going well? And the, I mean, did it save your marriage? Uh, Yeah, it did. It was okay, man. It's, <laughs> it was kind of a stressful week, and you can't just can't just get out of that and go into happy land what'd y'all eat for dinner what'd you what'd y'all do uh we actually it's really fun to go shopping for priscilla and so we went shopping and uh that was kind of our anniversary presents to each other i bought her something and i couldn't find anything i like so which is great because i don't care about spending money pretty exciting let me give you a side note on anniversaries real quick um we got this new baby coming and then my birthday's coming up, so we're having a birthday party. I thought everybody likes to know this. Having a birthday party, invited so some is, people. So is Joey's. I, Joey's birthday's in August. Yep. And I invited some people, but I did not. Um, so I made a party and an invite. It's a wine and cheese party at our place in the new garage that we built and everything. But I didn't mention birthday anywhere in it. So I don't know if anybody even knows it's my birthday, but Bridget wants to throw me a birthday party, so that's how we do it. So the people that come to the birthday party won't even know that it's a birthday party. Additionally, wow. I have another birthday thought that I would like to share, and that is when my new baby gets here, uh, it will be it, the day of its birth, of course, right? And or you could say birthday, quite literally. So uh, again, when somebody talks about the kid's first birthday, I, that's not really the case. It's and, and this ties into Joey's anniversary. Anniversary is what keyed that in my mind. But your first birthday is not a birthday. You only have one birthday. It's the day you're born, by the way. Everything else is an anniversary of your right. birthday. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. you don't have a 37th birthday that I'm about to have. I'm having the 37th anniversary of my birthday. But my first birthday is the day I'm born. So. Yeah, that's just like anything. Chris, there's only one Christmas day. You but know. we don't say the anniversary of Jesus's birth. Well, your it's birthday much, is quite literally much the work. day you're born. So I don't think these other things count as birthdays they're just anniversaries of your birthday and then you shorten it but or your first birthday is the day you're born and when you turn one is your second birthday yeah you figure it out you decide anyway yeah. back, i'm curious about your anniversary though sorry but your, well, your anniversary is your anniversary of yours it is properly titled right yes yeah that is an anniversary cool. and it's implied of the day wow. of our marriage yeah I, th- I think it's so funny like kids you don't call uh, i'm sorry you don't call it your wedding this is my fourth wedding that's yeah. what that's what the birthday analogy would be. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny how kids they don't 
like before someone turns one, that person is zero years old. That's right. Like they're, they're nothing. They haven't right. done anything. They haven't grown or so anyway, fast forward one week and Priscilla and I are in a big argument. So it's not like that anniversary date did a whole hell of oh, a lot. Of but God. you're saying it was rough going into the anniversary and you tried to muster through and have a good anniversary and back to the shit marriage or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, um, so here's the thing is you guys know me. I'm, I'm super, frugal and even borderline cheap with money and i i'm gonna lean i'm gonna lean towards even worrying about money and we have nothing to worry about priscilla is more of a live for the moment let's let's be convenient and if it takes some extra money to be convenient then hell let's just do it you'll have to give us an example of we went down to one fob for our nissan ultima the car that was given to me for free and so we only have one five left. Well, yesterday we got in a whole hell of a lot of trouble because Priscilla drove about 15 miles uh, to where our daughter's birthday party was going to be. Anniversary and of left, her birthday party. Left, yeah. Left me home with the boys to catch up with them later. Well, she took the keys to the car. So I had no way Damn of getting it. there. And she was pretty much all the way there. She couldn't come all the way back. So she ends up having to call her dad. Her dad comes and picks me up. And it was just, a, and I ended up being 30 minutes late to the party. Well, obviously, the next thing on her mind is we got to get a new fob. Right. It is $150 for the fob and $150 to program it. I said, Priscilla. We're not paying $300 for a new fob. We're just going to be more careful. She's, and she just thinks that that's the most horrible thing ever <laughs> for me not to bow down to her convenience, you know, because, hey, she, she says, bow I'm busy. <laughs> that's bowing down. <laughs> she, you know, to her, it's like, I'm busy. I have, I'm running the kids all over the place, which is true. She's got a lot on her plate. But I'm just like, I'm so I cannot justify three hundred dollars. And so then I say something really stupid. I say, uh -oh. okay, well, if if you want to use that three hundred dollars, uh, or if you want to buy that for three hundred dollars for to be convenience, then use use your real estate money. Oh which no, is, oh, God, <laughs> Joey. Oh, gosh. Were you mad when you said it or Son just being stupid? Were you just stupid? I, I was frustrated and mad. So but, it was engineered and, and for so, that. That was engineered to hurt. Or <laughs> No. So so then she responds with a frowny face times 100. So basically, I really hurt her feelings. And so my response was, it's got to come out of something. We need rear brakes for the van. That's and and so we put money aside for the cars and we needed money for rear brakes. I'm like, well, so where's the money going to come out of it? We've got different categories of money, but here's the thing is because I'm OCD, it, I mean, we've got We've got savings. We could just take it out of savings, but I just right. can't justify spending $300. And this is probably one of those situations where I'm just like, shit, it's $300. I don't like spending $300. I just want to be more right. careful. But if that's what she wants to do, just let her do it. Okay. But anyway, uh, so we're... In, in this instance, I got to just take Priscilla's side no matter what. You can't have one key for a car because yeah, yeah. if, if, when you lose that one, then it's even more expensive and worse. Like you will lose that one, or that one's going to break, and then it's going to be worse and worse and worse. So I think not with tracker. I'm going to put a tracker on that key. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's you better uh, do that. Actually, but no, that, Toby's right. That, you know, th here's the thing. I say this about this is this is think about it this way. I say this about computer backups and digital files, uh, anything of value that can be copied or that can be replicas of, uh, that there can be redundancies of, this is the way to think about it. It's an analogy that comes from rock climbing. So in rock climbing, 
if you're going to hang from a rock 200 feet and go rappelling or something, you could put in an anchor or clip into something that's bolted to a rock. So totally should be safe. Uh, but if that fails, you you don't have a backup. So you go into two. And then in rock climbing, you actually go three. So you wind up tying into three separate anchors, all of which are more than adequate to keep you safe should the other ones fail or if you only had that one. And so the saying is three is two, two is one, and one is none. Because inevitably with a hard drive that you have something on, let's say all your photos or your set of car keys or your rock climbing anchor, in time, no matter what, if there's only one of something, it's just a matter of time before it fails and you're left with zero. So you can just say two is one and one is none. So if you want to have one, you better have two. And if you want to have two, you better have three. Because, you know, you did, that's just the way it works with a backup or a redundancy. And so, the, and the issue is if you run out of rock climbing anchors, you die. If you run out, if your hard drive just decides to fail or breaks or you lose it, all, everything you have is lost, uh, you know. And so a backup hard drive is about 150 bucks, right? So a backup key at $300 keeps you from having to get the whole thing rekeyed or even send off to have it programmed to have no car for that amount of time. Right. So the logical thing to do regardless of the cost if the oh by the way you got this car for free so now you'll have a total of three hundred dollars right. <laughs> into it so, so uh, this is pretty clear and on the logical end here so in this in this day and age in this day and you age got the damn car for free and you won't even replace the one damn key good lord joey you're right you are cheap uh, also when you're 80 years old are you going to care about that 300 bucks or whatever or wouldn't you rather say man i there was a day where my wife, I made her feel really good, and she felt great. And man, I mean, you probably, I mean, you can work this out to where it'll even get you laid. Yeah. Now, like, if, I, you, if you go, hey, listen, I was really wrong. I'm sorry. I already ordered the key, babe. You were totally right. I, I thanks for looking out for our family. I'm really so sorry. It was that just, depression I had going for a, a real acute like. But the thing you, is, you got the the other thing is it's a huge mistake to ever bring up, if even if you're talking about money, to t- to talk about each other's income separately is always not a good idea it's it's just basically not a good idea to ever reference your versus my income for any reason right i don't believe right well the the, what led to that statement was basically i want her to use all of her real estate money to fix up the house any way she wants put our kids in any sort of organization she wants travel do whatever she wants and obviously put some aside yeah but you gotta be careful about calling that your and how you use it no totally totally so uh, th- there cannot be a monopoly on these keys. Like Nissan dealership cannot be the only place where we can get it. So I- I'm looking, I'm looking at some other businesses. Well, those it, electronic keys are yeah. different though now. When you have that, yeah. the push it, button, it, the program, you could probably get an ignition key, or you could get a new ignition with a standard old kind of key. You know, you could probably get a, a new ignition from an, a '96 uh, Altima or Maxima put in there. And then you could use the old keys from that or get them keyed by a locksmith. It's still going to cost you time and money, and it's not going to be less than $100 to do anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, full disclosure here, too. Um, I When we got our car, the fob didn't work, and I never replaced it. <laughs> <laughs> we got our Subaru. And so when we locked the car, you, you, we have two keys for it, so I do have a backup key, but we never got the fob. Um, so I have to actually lock all the doors. Then... And then you hear a beep. Then I unlock the driver's side, lock, shut it back, and then lock it, and then I can leave. Or when you come back, the alarm goes off unbelievable. So, <laughs> so I, 
that is kind of crappy. But but speaking of arguments, guys, I stumbled upon a piece of uh, Emory nostalgia that I never thought I would see. Speaking I mean, of Emory, why don't you plug our Emory acoustic? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh real man. Quick. Thanks well, for you're the reminder. Bring that up. Yep. You're right. We um, are going to be out. Let's see. This comes out the day of. We'll be in Boston. Uh, and uh, let's see. Which is why Emory. we're not live on the internet, too. Let's go ahead and clear exactly. that up. Yep. Matt is traveling, and we're, well, we're all traveling. We're on so, flights uh, today. Yes. So uh, we are excited about this. This is the first time we've taken the acoustic tour up into the Northeast. We're going to be in Boston, New York City, Baltimore, Philadelphia, and then I Matter Fest, and it's going to be really good. One of the crazy things that's just horrific and now it's turning out to be a better story is Dave, our drummer, was going to be with us, but he, his daughter, he had to actually drop, uh, it, <laughs> accidentally dropped boiling water off the stove onto her, and so she had, she's been in the hospital for a while. She's now out of the hospital, but it's still going to be a long healing process, several severe burns. Thank the Lord that she's going to be okay, and there's going to be minimal scarring and stuff like that, but that's pretty bad. But uh, so just want to tell you that, but our good friend Andy's going to be there on the drums who's been with us a bunch, and we're mm-hmm. really excited about it. And, uh, yeah, so come see us. We'll, we're, we're near Wednesday, right Thursday, now. Friday, Saturday, we're out in the Northeast. So go to emeryacoustic.com and see if you can make yep. it to one of those shows. Yep, starts on August 10th. We'll be in Boston. Uh, so anyway, speaking of arguments, uh, I stumbled upon this piece of nostalgia, and I just can't believe it. I actually found we've talked about this in the before, uh, before in the past in the podcast, but and had Joel on, but we uh, let Joel go a long time ago, uh, in two thousand six, and uh, we it was all these you know we we were really frustrated with his work ethic and really frustrated with him seemingly not caring, and he wouldn't like really buy into what we were all trying to do as a group. And it was really frustrating, but we, we didn't really have the exact words. And so long story short, we had me, Matt and Devin were writing emails to each other about what we should say, when we should let Joel go, how we should approach it and all this stuff. And Joel found Matt's computer open and read the email. And I thought, <laughs> I thought on the, on, on our tour bus and I thought this was on warp tour. And so we never thought Joel would see this part. We were just trying to get our words right. So we could say exactly what we you We're found the email Joel. that Joel f- yeah. discovered. Yes. Yeah. So I found the email that Devin wrote to us in 2006. That, yeah. So we these were the words that that Devin was going to say, and I'm going to read it to you. So this is from May 25th, 2006. So picture this: you're Joel, just a de- regular day on Warp Tour, and you stumble right. upon this email. Yeah. You see, you're your just name. in a band for a living. <laughs> yeah. It's your career and your life, and then you find <laughs> right. this email. You're on Warp Tour. Devin is not on Warp Tour because he's getting married. You're on Warp Tour. Your girlfriend is coming out or there for most of it. You know, it's just like the time of your life, and you stumble upon this email on May 25th, 2006. Joel, this is from Devin. Devin writes this to me and Matt. Uh, Joel, we have some things we need to talk to you about. We wanted to be able to talk to you in person, but the distance and time didn't allow for it. So we were going to send him an email uh, before. This is before Warp Tour. Uh, we have been thinking and praying about this for quite a while. And after we talked with you at Matt's house in January, we hope that we would see a significant change in you. Unfortunately, we can't say that we have. We, ap- <laughs> we appreciate you moving around more on stage at times, but it seems like your mood affects how you play. We all have bad days, but it's our responsibility to get past and put on a good show. Since Emory began, we have noticed that we have to push you to get things done because your motivation is lacking. That bothers us because we have worked, we have all worked so hard to get this band to where it is now. That's not to say you haven't done anything for the band, but honestly, it's hard to find any real initiative in you. It's not the easiest thing in the world uh, to come to you with a problem. 
It's very uncomfortable, but we have tried and tried to make you a part of what we are, and it just seems impossible to draw you closer. We're sorry if, if you felt left out in any way, but it's not only our responsibility to make things different. It's yours, too. You truly don't realize how hard this is for us to say because we have been friends for such a long time, but we have to go beyond that and look at Emory for what it is, a business. And we feel that it would be best for our business, our band, and you as a person for you to no longer be a part of it. <laughs> we know this will come as somewhat of a shock. And like we said, we wish we could have done things differently. For what it's worth, feel free to call any of us and talk about it, but we understand if not. We hope that this doesn't ruin our friendship forever, but we know that it will change things. And for that, we are sorry. We will miss being around you because you're a very fun-loving guy. We love you as as a great, great friend and brother in Christ, and we'll always hold you high, <laughs> high in our prayers. <laughs> Devin, so, Matt, hey, Toby, so, Dave, Josh, signed. Devin. <laughs> awesome. Hey, so so that email was supposed to be sent after Warp Tour, but we, he was we sending that to you guys. I think there's more to it than yeah. that. I believe that there's a whole thread there leading up to that yeah. email where we were discussing it too. That I right. think he also read. I don't know if Toby has any so, of those. So we were going back and forth too. about how we were going to figure out Devin not being on warp tour because Devin was getting married so uh, we were talking back and forth and we were all living in different places so we thought we were gonna have to send an email to joel and then we would talk to him because we 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 thought he would be real he was very he would get defensive or really mad and we thought he would just hang up a phone and we wouldn't get to say exactly what we wanted to say so we thought email let it cool off and then we all talked but then uh there's there's some more on here too if y'all don't mind let me just read a little bit more um Matt, uh, so to me and Matt, uh, we kept we kept talking here. I think he uh, discovered this whole thread. So he that was the the end email that we were going to send him, which is essentially a breakup letter. But before that was conversation about how we should do it. That I believe he also discovered. Right. Well, Matt uh, writes here. Uh, this is we were talking about Ben uh, Teets taking your taking Devin's place. I uh, said Ben is going to take your place. I want to pay him three hundred a week. Is that okay by you? He's coming up this weekend. Blah blah blah. As far as Joel is, as far as Joel, I'm fine if he's a goner. But I, <laughs> but I don't know what to do. I really don't feel like doing it now. But if but if he was out, and uh, I'd be, I'd back it. I would back it and try to get Trevor to come out and learn the bass parts for Warp Tour. And then here's what I wrote, uh, which is really hilarious. It's all in italics. I said, Hey man. My italics button is on, and I don't know how to change it. <laughs> this is 2006. <laughs> so all my emails were italicized for the longest time because I couldn't figure out how not to do it. Uh, uh, that is, I said, uh, that was a to-the-point letter you wrote, Devin. I guess I am with Matt. I don't know if we should do this now or after Warped. I feel definitely like it should already have been done, and also don't want Joel to have any idea like he helped write this new record. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh my I, I kind of feel like maybe we haven't prayed enough. <laughs> maybe we should really pray about it and for a little longer, like possibly warped and just ask God to give us and Joel a clear route. I really want there either to be no way Joel can be in the band or realize we can deal with him in a better or new way. What you do, what do you guys think? I just want uh, to do what is right though. Even if that means doing this tonight, I do think we should add stuff, Matt, like some more details. Like Joel said, he would, smoke weed he lives with sarah and doesn't seem to have any conviction he is lazy like when he helped when we all helped dave break down his drums in aussie Gosh, that and, he, so and, silly. He, and he didn't also we need to let him know that we feel that he definitely has taken advantage of our friendships kindness and our work ethic stemming from the beginning 
hit me back in Christ. <laughs> that wrote, is so embarrassing. To I, hear. I think this is I think this is a joke, but I wrote in Christ forever until our great King Almighty returns. Toby. Yeah, that, that part was a joke, I'm sure. But it's still the the the, the that's all so funny right. to look at. Right. It's so embarrassing. It sounds like a little know. you know kids figuring stuff out. That's how. You, Every band goes through that kind of stuff, especially when you're a small band or local band. It, it almost sounds like we were some small band trying to take something too seriously. But at the time, we'd sold a couple hundred thousand records and we're at a right. really high level in our career, like peak, I, would, yeah. I, I guess I would imagine. It was a lot on the line. It was pretty, it was pretty tense in there. So I, refresh I think, my memory. How long did it take for you guys to find out after he read it that he read it? I think he wrote he it. He wrote like a, us a... Yeah email yeah. or a text uh, email uh that said that he knew yeah he didn't tell what we okay. were planning and then right. we spent the whole rest of warp tour him knowing and we didn't speak about it right like it was that's just right. we passed him on the bus and it was just like unbelievably difficult that's right because he revealed on yeah we talked the about Christian that when he was podcast on the, yeah, on of how we found out y'all never even knew how he found right out. right, it, it, right. It was wow really, it, yeah it was so uncomfortable but what's funny is he emailed us and then it was really tense for like two or three days. I mean, and so, I mean, it was like just drinking, trying to, what's really funny, we're, we're complaining about Joel, and then we're just drinking beer, getting drunk, you know, all this stuff on Warp Tour, just having a blast. And we're, you know, I see this now. You're right, Matt. It's interesting because I thought those things did matter, but I think it was just trying to pile up so we'd feel good about it. Yeah, the Joel ultimate go. email that Devin wrote there, I thought was is better, and I'm glad we didn't make it a moral yeah. thing. Like, you yeah, know, it, there was a moral issue. We felt like it wasn't okay for him to all that stuff, and he was smoking weed and living, sleeping with his girlfriend, and right. not caring about anything. And that that was uncomfortable at the time. It didn't sit right with us. We didn't think it was right. But I'm glad ultimately we didn't make it as much of a moral thing as the yeah. uh, you know it was the harder road to say. It, I, I think you're not pulling your weight and doing it in a business. I, that was the harder thing to say because yeah, easy when I read, to kick somebody out because well he did this or that. But that stuff's leads to a lot of real bad stuff you know you hear I, I heard a lot of stories about that where they've kicked somebody out for some toby, moral feel, thing and then this you know toby do you feel like your relationship with joel is back to normal like it was pre-emory well here's what i'll say one thing two things reading that email i do i think you're right i, I see some of the small-minded uh bible belt mentality that we used to have and now i think we're getting bigger and more accepting and a little bit realizing what it is to be an adult and figure out this life and all the stuff you don't know Two, Yeah. I mean, Joel is one of my best friends ever. Like, I mean, he really is malleable and comes back, but things have changed. Like he's been through a lot since, since he's been in Emory, like he's, he was, became an alcoholic and you know, he's, he's in AA now and doing a lot of stuff and doing a lot better, uh, a lot better. But I mean, Joel's been through a lot too. So I think, no matter what, our relationship has changed. And, and being on the road with each other, you see each other every day. Not being on the road, you don't talk as much, and I'm not good at keeping up as well and stuff like that. So it's changed. But whenever I see Joel, it, it's, it is fun. Yeah, like, for anybody that missed that, he's been we've been good friends since. He's even come on the road with us and worked, yeah. worked for us and guitar tech and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't see him and not that close anymore. But there's no hostility about the breakup specifically. I think ultimately he went through a time and wound up feeling like he blamed himself um and thought maybe we could have handled it better but it, it wasn't you know he's a pretty easygoing guy and i think he doesn't yeah. have any uh resentment much resentment toward us about it. it's, it's t totally yeah. cool just to, to hang out with him yeah i think all of us would say joel should have been let go from the band he was not doing a good job with the band it should we, have been sooner would be the it, we, we should have done it way sooner and we didn't handle it as men the way we should have we were trying to figure it out and do it the right way and i think we were just skipping around but anyway 
All right, that's one thing I want to talk to y'all about, which I thought was just funny about just nostalgia. Well, I have some more nostalgia in my personal life. I went back to church this weekend. Okay, <laughs> you're on a roll, man. It's just nostalgia. I thought you were gonna man. take some time off. Well, I want to, but the wife doesn't want to. She wants. I don't know. I I believe like my mother-in-law probably thinks I'm in trouble or something. You know, like I, I know he's a good man. But I just hope that he's not trying to get away from church. His family need, you know, I just can hear her saying that. I know she loves me, but I think she's probably a little concerned. And Jess wants to make connections and friends here. And church is a really easy way to do that. You know what I mean? Like it is a place where people Definitely. gather and then you end up talking. So the community aspect is good. So I said, no matter what, I'll, I'll at least go. So we went to this church um, and it was really funny. I guess here's the thing that I, I feel about church. And I just, I wish it wasn't like this, but I do feel this way it feels like I'm pulling into a car lot to buy a car. Like, that's what it feels like. Like I, you see the, the salesman kind of walking around and they're thinking I got to get a commission. Okay. Everybody, hang on. What, but does it depend on which church you go to? So if you go to the big, rich mega church, it's like walking, driving to the Mercedes lot. And if you go to the Pentecostal <laughs> right. church down where yep. I'm from by A and a grocery, it's like going right. to J and S used car that has nine cars on the lot. Yeah. So yep. totally different things, but none, nonetheless pressure. Right. So the, we, we, <laughs> Uh, yes, the bigger the church, there is less pressure because they don't really need you. Right. <laughs> so, so they're like, Hey, I mean, yeah, if you want to, yeah, you want to buy a Lamborghini, that's cool. But I mean, we, we sold th- seven Lamborghinis this week, so whatever. That's what it feels like. But this church, it was, it was a decent sized church. It's probably, you know, uh, I'd say a thousand people or something they're like Toyota, yeah, two, two Greenville. Yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. No, nothing so, crazy. Exactly. So, uh, we get there and the uh, parking lot greeters waving, Hey, and you know, and then I just see everybody. And they know we're new. So it's big enough to notice when there's a new person there, you yeah. know, because it's two services. So the middle service is on, you know, 500 or under. So they know that we're new. And I'm like, I see it. Like it look, the look on even the volunteers faces are, I got to get this commission. If I can do this, you know, I'm, it's going to be good. It's going to get my numbers up. It's going to look really good. So, you know, everybody meets us and talks to us. And then we sit down and I get in there, hear the sermon. And I, I just like, well, the sermon's fine. It's not bad or anything. I guess partly I'm at a weird point in my life where I'm feeling more and more strange about God telling somebody that I need to hear this. Like that is getting harder mm-hmm. and harder for me that there's a man almost always exclusively that God talked to this week at this church and told them that I'm there and I need to hear this. And one mile away, God told that man to tell that church this thing. And they're all, you know what I mean? Like it's, yep. it's probably not that buried yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not, no. it shouldn't be like that, that or, does each church need its own unique thing? But anyway, you, so unique well, isn't let, quite let me, the word me, for it. Let me say <laughs> something that goes along with that. Yeah, thought it's not is, unique, but is there was a, we, we did the whole at the movie series at Seacoast right. where you take a movie and use it to teach. And we had a guest speaker Dude, I'm telling you, everybody left that place. I mean, our friend Ryan Amick, he left just like, man, that that was good. That hit home and everything. <laughs> I struggled, be, and here's why I struggled. I had a man appear that I was I yeah. was trying to learn from, and he was teaching me about the deepest things about God and pain, and just going through hard times. And I was like, I could not help. And and again, I was feeling bad about feeling this way, but I was just like. He is reducing pain and God to a formula, and everybody's just supposed to walk away saying, okay, what that guy said about God and pain and what God permits and what he controls and all that stuff was what I needed and was supposed to hear. And And, right. And complete. 
and right. Yeah, yeah complete. Like, yeah. who's to say that he's got that one figured out? Right. I mean, do, does any of us, will any of us figure that one out completely? And I just wanted there to be an acknowledgement, a little bit of a yeah. mystery. Like, right. hey, you know, we're still trying to figure this one out, though. But it was, we got to take that and run with so, it. So, Toby, is that the same feeling you had that, 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 here's the word for it. It's, there is an implicit uh, sense that, what is taught in church is both necessary and comprehensive. Like that's it. That's what you need. Like it almost implies you don't need other stuff. This is Matt, actually it. Matt, I'm going to answer that question, but we need to take a break. Okay. So let's take a break, and I'm going to answer your question when we come back. All right. So I told you guys I installed this on the front of my house, the Ring Video Doorbell. The thing is incredible. So let me set the stage for you. First of all, there's a home burglary burglary every 13 seconds, and most of them happen God. in the broad daylight. Uh, you know, and so think about it this way: a burglar is doesn't want to come in the middle of the night, try to crawl through your house while you're asleep in the house, and risk confrontation. So it makes more sense for them if they're trying to just, you know, they just dress normal, walk to your front door and uh, try to go in to see if the door's locked or, or knock on the door to see if anybody's home. And if not, then maybe they come back or go around back kind of thing like that. That's the, the actual behavior of burglars. It's the, the least risk, risky thing. So better than an alarm system, better than an attack dog, better than a firearm in your home, I would suggest, would be a video doorbell because when they come right up to the door, they're going to see that. They're going to know that they're on camera. You can see it. You can see the little camera lens in there. And if you hit the doorbell to ring it, they know it's recording them. And that's what Ring does. The thing is awesome. I'll tell you about another good thing about it too. But uh, it's a motion-detected video doorbell. Uh, and the, What I'd recommend is the Ring of Security Kit. It's got a, a bunch of stuff. You'll have to go to the website to see all that it includes. Uh, but it's a video doorbell for the front door, a Ring stick-up cam, the wireless weatherproof HD camera to keep an eye on other parts of your property. It's a great thing. So it, it works so well. Let me tell you how I've been using it lately. Just, you know, covert so surveillance. The thing rings my <laughs> cell phone. The thing, it rings my cell phone anytime somebody walks past my, in or out or past my front door and gives me video of it. And if I want to, I, hit, I can hit the talk button so and talk to the UPS guy. If I'm down at the grocery store, UPS guy comes, it alerts me because as he walks up and I can go ahead and put the talk button and say, hey man, leave that package right there or put it on the side. And I can see the UPS guy. When that is so cool. Even if I'm sitting at my office, if I'm out back in the garage, wherever it is. And so things great. Now, if I'm at, also know when Georgia and Bridget leave the house, all I do is see them walk out the door. It alerts me where I'm, wherever I am. I hope they left. Have a babysitter the other day. She said, I'll, I'll meet you at home or I'll be there at this time or I'm going to take Georgia here and then we'll be back. Well, she doesn't know this, but I know when she comes and goes. I can see her. You know, it's, let's say a uh, babysitter comes over and her boyfriend comes over. Well, guess who's going to see the boyfriend walking up steps? Me. Right. You know, that didn't right. happen, but. That's, or or Bridget, your wife's boyfriend. Right. I could see him coming. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know but that the motion detector's there. So again, it's a I feel like I have a lot of control over my property and I love it. So I would recommend Ring to anybody. It's amazing. Uh it's the for a limited time, our listeners get fifty dollars off the Ring of Security Kit. It was easy to install. It's the lowest price anywhere on something that can really make you safer and preventatively. So go to ring.com slash bad Christian now. Join hundreds of thousands of people who protect their home with ring. Go to ring.com slash bad Christian. Nice. All right. Our other sponsor today is our good friends at Tooth and Nail. And I, I'm just so excited. 
Aaron Gillespie has a new solo album. All right. Out, and and it, it's called Out of the Badlands, and it comes out August 19th. And we're going to listen to a song, and this is a cover song of one of my all-time favorite songs by Bonnie Ray. I Can't Make You Love Me. Let's play it. Yeah, I love that one. Once again, that was I Can't Make You Love Me. It's a cover song of Bonnie Raitt uh, done by Aaron Gillespie on his new record, Out of the Badlands, which comes out August 19th. It is so cool. This record features covers from Under Oath, The Almost, U2, as well as several originals. Aaron will be out on tour with Ace Enders and Vinnie Caruna throughout September and October. Check bands in town for tour dates. Pre-order Out of the Badlands now at toothandnailrecords.merchnow.com. You're going to love it. And we're back. Okay. All right, Matt, refresh my memory. That kick-ass question you had. I know, your short, your yeah, short-term memory is gone, man. Yeah, it is I, know, I actually gone. never had one. Did y'all know that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I'm asking you, and Joey chimed in there too, and it's kind of along the same lines. Are you saying that it feels like the church implies, it's implicit in the way they handle things, that it is both uh, necessary, ordained, and comprehensive? what you get from church. Yes. yes. And here's the here's the funny thing though, it's like a salesman because they do everything they can to verbally say that it's not. Like even even the church we went to this week is they it's all about uh, you know outside of the church is where we make a difference. And the church is, you know, the people is, you know, we meet in small groups and small groups are, are really important and that's where we can get some but the thing is, it is completely implied that the most important thing is you got to be here and listen to this sermon. You got to sing it's these implied, worship yeah. worship songs. Sunday morning is the real thing. It's like it. I mean, the small groups, yeah, you're going to grow and stuff like that. But if you miss, okay, but don't miss Sunday morning. It is implied. I think nobody would admit that, but it feels that way. Like even this Sunday, I felt like, well, I mean, I know he's telling me about small groups and stuff like that, but I know, I mean, what if we all went to small groups? This church wouldn't exist. So they, they don't they can't even mean that from a business or financial standpoint. Like Correct. you have to be there and give. If Correct. you don't, the church doesn't exist. And then it would be just a church that meets in houses and it would be important. So it, it has to self-sustain itself. So I believe fully it is implied. It is categorically what you need well, what, <laughs> to, learn, I, to learn about the God. What I can't get away from not is, only learn about God, but it, it 
like Joey says, pain or your finances or, you know, like right. they, they, it webs out to, to suggest that it's the, the, the actual source for everything. And then not God, but that the, the church or yeah. maybe that man's words on that Sunday at that time. Uh, and what you are taught is the most important thing you're going to be taught or used. That's a little scary, yeah. but it, I think it's implied often. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, and, and being in, in meetings when we're talking about how we're going to run the church and everything, if if we're okay with just coming out and saying this, then I would be way more comfortable. But the deepest part of everybody's hearts, they do care about people, but we are setting them up in a way that we think they're irresponsible. We think they're lazy. We think they're they're typically not going to commit. And, and and here's why: like we may do like a let, let's say a church is planning a, a newcomers course, and it's a and we originally have it three weeks, but then someone's just like, "Nah, we shouldn't have it three weeks because nobody's ever going to want to commit to something like that." Or hey, we should have the message be such and such a time because it, and it's just setting people up in a way of we don't expect much out of you at all. Yeah. And I and I think that there also has to be an admission of, hey, we really are after getting as many people as mm-hmm. we can on Sundays. And and I and I think the intentions are good. They think, hey, if we can get them here, that's a good thing. I just it what really bugs me and even scares me is that we're not we're not really doing them a good service once they're there. No, well, I mean, what you're describing there is yeah. is a combination of coddling and pandering, right? Which yeah. are not things we love, but they're starting to become apparent. And a used car salesman is a very uh, good metaphor there because it's rhetoric. It's stuff that you, at this point, you've seen it enough, is cliche enough to where right. you recognize it. You know, you know the car salesman shtick, but it does work. It works for us. And it is effective Sunday. for their goals. But you, you just, you just, re- you just recognize it now. And with types, all the kind of communications that there are. Uh, I tell you who sounds stupid is car salesman, uh, that church kind of stuff that's goofy. It's just super easy to recognize what a pastor sounds, you know, do a pastor voice. Okay, everybody knows what that is. It's super easy to imitate. It's super cliche. Um, I tell you what else, news anchors, for instance. And I'm not, uh, you know, there's only one good source of news, and we all know what that is. I'm not commenting on that. But other than that, the way news anchors and people talk, it's a fake rhetoric thing where they say, I am speaking to you now coming live they don't talk like normal people and now with the stuff like podcast and every other type of communication that we have and technology it's uh it makes that kind of rhetoric and cliche stuff just so obvious it's not even funny so that's a big part of it is uh it's going to need an overhaul but there's a few more things i think that are going on with church and that speak to this directly that i think are really insane if you think about it Think of church like this. It it kind of is pandering and it kind of is coddling, but there's a reason why. And I think that reason why is the same reason that uh, Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men um, are the most popular TV shows. Now, they're engineered and designed for lowest common denominator, maximum effect, basically. Um, or even if you wanted to go back and just look, use TV as an analogy, think about this all the way back in time. Uh, go back to the shows that they would have had on the air in the early 80s or, or 70s. Well, there's only three channels, and, you know, TV is in, you know, it's not in the golden age that it is now. It's just cheesy, dumb shows, and you only have a choice of two or three of them. But the point is they have to round off all the edges, dumb down everything, make everything uh, to appeal to the widest possible audience because if Gilligan's Island is on one network, 
you couldn't have put uh, Mr. Robot or Arrested Development on another network because they would have only appealed to such a small demographic that it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It wouldn't have been able to compete, right? Yeah. You could take Arrested Development and go back to the 80s and put it on TV, and it wouldn't do well. But it's vastly right. superior to the Brady Bunch, right? right. But but you had to have the Brady. It was only two or three channels. There weren't no other access or anything like that. And so now when you move forward, we've gotten better. Things have progressed. Oh, then there's 100 cable channels, and now there's a 1,000 Internet sources and Netflix and Amazon Direct, and things can be actually done uh, in a better way and for people of all types. But all I recognize church is doing is still doing the lowest common denominator pandering type of stuff. And if you, you know, if you have to get everybody to agree on something, it has to be like that. They're all going for the same one market. And so I got another thing, the issue that that raises, but go ahead. I've talked long enough. So our, our kids went to vacation Bible school at a different church we have no connection with at all. And this, this church actually had a Sunday to where the kids that went to VBS come back and do a performance on Sunday. So what's their motivation there is to get these families in church on Sunday morning. And there was actually a friend of, of Gwenny's that didn't come to her birthday party because it was so important for them to get their daughter back to that performance. And so it actually worked. It's like, yeah. but, the, but their whole point of that was just to get them into church. And it's, and that's a little scary when you think, oh, if we can just get them there, that's, but, man, right, it'll, it'll right. take on but its own. Just, that's just ratings. That's just bottom line ratings. Like, you know, stuff comes out of that if you can at least get people tuned in to watch the, the commercial or whatever the real point is. And, and I understand the justification for that, but I don't think people are, have yeah. understand that that isn't the place we're in anymore. We have more than two channels. But the problem is, it is it's not the church uh, on the corner there. It is actually the people's fault. Like, it, it's people like me it's my fault because i go well it's just easy they had great child care first of all i thought the child care everything was easily marked they had great a hell of a good cup of coffee uh and i thought the pastor and the things that they did were endearing like they they even did like a kind of a play <laughs> around the uh the lord's table like the, you know the, the the lord's supper i mean around the table and they had real men come around and, and and show how the table and i was like this is kind of endearing to me like that was the thing i thought was cool like i, I don't necessarily here, here's where I might digress a little bit from you. I don't necessarily think that Sunday's the, the worst idea. It, it's not really, it, it's, it's kind of arbitrary compared to a Saturday night or a Wednesday morning men's group or something like that. I, what I think is they, they are not, they, the church in general won't even consider that. Like they won't even consider that, okay, we, you know, they, they changed for, like this. The, it's been the same thing for hundreds of years now. The only thing that changes, well, now we have more lights or a better sound system or something like, like that technology. Now we right. can stream our sermon live. But but they're still just making Gilligan's Island rerun. Yes, you're right. Exactly. But or two and, and a half men is the megachurch equivalent now, you know. So the problem is, is that they don't they don't look at all aspects and go, wait a minute, maybe not coming to church on Sundays is a good idea in general. Like, let's don't do that. Like, maybe less is more. And and. Now we've gotten so caught up in, well, we do have to meet, meet a bottom line. The bigger a church gets, the bottom line, you know, gets higher and higher that, you know, oh, man, what, what do we do? So I really do see it as I think for the first time in my life, I'm seeing more and more the, the local church is a good thing. And it, maybe it really shouldn't get more than a few hundred people. Like I, maybe there should be a church on every corner and it never tries to get bigger whatsoever. And if it does, it goes, OK, you guys are awesome. We're splitting. See ya. 
and you know, able to try and stay in contact. But I thought the simple right. things were endearing. That this church kind of did endear itself to me and my family because it was a little cheesy and nerdy. And I was like, this is okay. Like that was way better to be cheesy and nerdy for real than cheesy and nerdy trying to be cool. Like with lights and flashing on it. Yeah, I'm not trying to say church has to be better or hip or you can't be cheesy or you have to think dialed or be equivalent to some super high end anything. I'm just saying it can serve. Yes. It doesn't have to serve everybody. It can no, serve no, the, the niche yes. and it can be flexible. That's what I'm saying. So let's. Well, let me say one more thing here, too. Okay. The other thing that the church has messed up, and this is what I'm talking about. They've done the lights and all stuff. What they do not acknowledge or understand is there should be a growth period and you move on. You do not stay in 10th grade forever. You study your, all your classes and all stuff. Then you move to the 11th grade, and, and church right now is for the lowest common denominator. It's just a, a huge mm -hmm. net where we'll, we'll tell you stuff about yeah. pain, and we'll talk about you, and you'll want to come back as opposed to, wait a minute, now I'm actually learning real theology. This is like a class where I'm learning. I'm growing deeper in the knowledge of Christ and who he is instead of just this, this thing where it's just, oh, this is what we have. And it kind of works, so let's just stick with it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's engineered that way. I have a question about that because uh, obviously I, I I feel like I'm sometimes more jaded than you are about the system. But why can't the church say, well, that's on you to get yourself to the next grade level? Why is why is that our job to get you there? Because the church is going to ask you to come back this Sunday. So if, if if the church didn't ask me to come back this Sunday, then I would have time to do it. But I actually am doing a shitload of stuff. So the time that I'm dedicating to learn about Christ, <laughs> right. then I'm not going to give it to that church. That's right. So here, th that's what I want to play around with next. So first of all, Joey, they, the implicit stuff is the dangerous stuff. Whether or not they, they don't say you have to be here every week. They don't say it's a Sunday morning thing, but it, it just is, is that way. That's the feeling you get. You feel guilty if you don't go, et cetera. And so, you know, and like what Toby's saying is if you have a limited amount of time you could spend on your spiritualism that week, your God stuff, yeah. well, then it's got to, it starts with Sunday morning. If you don't have time for other stuff, then so be it. So it's all, it all points to that, that thing uh, implicitly is the problem. But that's what I want to play around with is that let's just play around with the day of the week. So I don't care anything about, I think it's most people are flexible on the notion of what the Sabbath is. They don't think that day of the week is the one that must be X, Y, or Z. But let's just say the day of Sunday only. I'm going to recommend that it would be a good idea for anybody starting a church. Oh, wait, Joey, you are currently starting a church, so why don't I just talk to you directly about BC Church? I know you meet on Sunday nights right now, but I would suggest or recommend to somebody if they were trying to think differently, and I'm sure somebody out there is doing it, please tweet me who it is. I'll share it. But just not having church on Sunday would be a good step. That would be a great step to kind of just like uh, jar people from the status quo a little bit and show that you could do things differently. I don't think it's a big deal, but it would be really interesting and it would be really validating to kind of take some of that uh, pressure or guilt that Christians feel like Toby's mother-in-law. Please don't tell uh, your mother-in-law this, uh, Toby, but I skipped church a Sunday again. She is worried for your soul. So please don't tell her she'll worry for my soul. But that's a problem. That, that yeah, but it's for other reasons. Sure it's, is. it's the weed. But but that's that's a little bit of a problem that there's that guilt or that thing built in, that automatic feeling. Now, I, I skipped church Sunday. I got up. I looked at my family directly. I made a plan for the day. I worked with Georgia. Bridget went and got a manicure and pedicure, did some shopping. I told Georgia if she did good, help me in the garage, and then took a nap. We'd go get ice cream together. We did. Everything went according to plan. It was, despite how horrible my family is, it was a great day. We had an amazing Sunday. Not, not going to church um, is always it, the best Sunday. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, and I don't feel bad about it. I'm not a guilt person. Guilt isn't something I rarely, it's something I rarely ever feel, um, especially about stuff like that. But 
I didn't feel guilty about it at all. I'm sure it was the right thing. I think it is great. Um, I think that if you could, it, I would suggest this, Joey, to build this in. Whenever you're able to move away from your in your local church that you're doing and starting BC Church, however it's going to go, I would suggest have it on a weekday and then tell people, encourage them to spend their Sundays doing other stuff and not feeling bad. I think that I, would yeah. go a long way. Just to, I mean, that's not that's not crazy. It's just it would go a long way to being slightly different or or right. or you know getting people out of the that that implicit program of guilt or yeah i totally to i totally i agree with you as far as shocking the system from a very not being shocking just right. like no 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 no, like, no. Okay. no shock the yeah. system yeah. as far as getting people off the that train of thought uh but sundays are a very very good time for people in their schedule i'll say uh, okay that. i know but what i'm saying is that's what here's the thing that's why it is the way it is that's why they have commercial breaks in Gilligan's Island at ten minutes. I mean, all th- there's great reasons why stuff's the way it is, but that doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Or you couldn't serve different people, alternative people, alternative oh, yeah. ideas another way. So I don't want to hear, I do not want to hear from churches. Well, best practices and data suggest, and tradition and conventional thinking suggests suggest X, Y, and Z. Yeah, right. duh, we know that's why everything is identical. So yes, right. you know when the first time you heard of something being different, um, you know, when HBO started doing its original programming for TV shows and they could cuss and they could go long form, was that good or bad? It was amazing. It was good. And now we see the full fruition of that with Amazon and Netflix and everything tailored to niche different people. Everybody is served in TV now. Right now, we're still not there with church, but I'm just, I mean, that's just one kind of thing. It takes breaking through some of that stuff before you can even find out what are the other good things that could work and what would be the benefits from giving giving your congregation a day, Sunday. Give it to them. What a gift you would be doing. Say, don't feel guilty when you wake up. Don't go to that other church, too. You go to church here on Tuesday nights. You're fine. That's not world changing. I know somebody's going to say how. We took the Sunday off yesterday. Actually, did you take yesterday off from church? No, not not from Seacoast. We're talking. Oh. oh, I see. I thought you were talking about personally. You did. Yeah, yeah. Our our. Uh, it, it, it would have been funny if all three of us would have not been at church yesterday. I was thinking. <laughs> our plan is is basically to have all sorts of different options for some people that want to do Thursday night, Sunday morning. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the biggest thing that we're missing in this conversation, and it's not even worth really talking about, is, and I'll just use the Bible Belt as the most significant case of this. Everything you're talking about, Matt, is too risky, and it's too risky from a financial perspective. It's like churches that are built right now, unless they're in really early stages or in like a house church right. stage or something like that, they cannot make the switch. Well, I don't give a shit without, about them. I, I'm talking I, I about news people. I'm, I mean, I know. You know. I'm, but I'm saying this is why people are reluctant to change. I'm not telling. I really am not telling people to change. I'm saying go going forward. Right. You know, I'm, it's just it's all about going forward and, and feeling free and not, you know, I think shame and guilt and lack of freedom is a, is a problem and lack of innovation and market pressure. But, yeah, I understand why things are the way they are. I'm not even saying they're wrong, but f- feel free to do other things and make sure but your I do, people I do feel think the that's freedom. A fun, I do think that's a fundamental mistake that we've made is is we've tied salaries and buildings and stuff to how we present the gospel 
And maybe there was even a season where that was what we were supposed to do, but I'm I just I'm just not sure. But I think that's all a part of doing ministry in a fallen world. Like I I, I I'm gonna let people off the hook, including myself. And I'm I make a salary off. Of church, I, I don't so. think there's any problem. With, honestly, I still don't think there's any problem with making a salary off church if the work if there's work required and it involves pay. Like I don't that just doesn't bother. I don't care. Literally, I've said this before. I think it's outrageous that some pastors make a shitload of money. Well, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't matter if if your church gets to a humongous size, you should be hiring more people and making the same. Like if a, a pastor preaching sermon still just preaches a sermon on Sunday morning, I mean, they say well, there's so much more responsibility. Hire other people and give them jobs, and that's that's the way it should be. Like I feel like the church should be literally a place that does hire people and when they're down and out and get helps them get on their feet or whatever it might be. And, and I don't mind that you get paid for working your job. I, I, I'm going to get paid for working my job, I hope, but most people get paid for working a job. So that that's okay. But I do think the thing that, the, here's the thing that really is kind of frustrating, frustrating to me is that this system that what we're talking about is, is still, it, I mean, don't you see like, regardless of the day, it's still a day. Like the real point of being a Christian would be that it happens a little right. bit every day, right? Yeah. So, right. How, so I'm I'm in agreement with Matt in a way of you, and, and you, Joy, where we we do need to shock the system a little bit, so, you, so at least you see an option. I don't really care about options unless it's my uh, like talking about God and politics. I really do feel that way. Like you kind of need like I, I hate that there's two shitty candidates for president. It'd be awesome to have ten and go okay. Well, at least you can figure out somebody might be real or whatever, and they might not win, but at least you'd have somebody. Like right now, we're stuck with just the two shit. Yeah, the false people. dichotomy. Is, right. You know, and, 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 and it's so not even church, that with church. It feels like there's only one, not even right. two. Yeah. Well, and, when, and when you're at church, you're kind of still stuck with the same thing. Like no matter what, I moved, I worked at a church in Charleston, and now I moved uh, eight, 10 hours away to Franklin. And it's the same thing. There isn't. It's almost the exact same thing. Now I know totally. I could go to this church and they meet on Sunday night, or I can meet go to this church and they play hip music or what. But I mean, it's still the exact same thing. So how can we offer something? That's what I want BC Church honestly to be. It's something where I go, well, shit, okay. They're they're asking me to do something. Like I, yeah, that's just, what I yeah. think. I, I think the church sets such a low bar for just to let anybody in, and then there's not really a chance of growth because all they do is talk to, talk about you and about you and want you to stay in your pain, stay in your. Well, uh, you know, yeah. I really understand. That's that's gets so frustrating to me. Pris- Priscilla made such a good analogy too with this whole thing. Is that any pushback that people give towards making people do something if they're going to be a part of it? Look at CrossFit. Like people yep. want to be in CrossFit right. because that's the cream of the crop of and, and everybody's in and everybody has to kick ass because that's what right, CrossFit right. Exactly. is. That's appealing. Of course yes. it is. No, there, I mean, there's it's... just plenty of, of innovation to be done and it's just people aren't empowered yeah. to do it. That's that's my only point. I'm not even criticizing. That's not even the point of it. It's new stuff. It's not necessarily yeah. even reform that, that, that I, we're talking I, I about. I actually here. enjoyed the church we went to and we'll probably start going there. <laughs> <laughs> so think of it this way. There's good reasons why everything is the way it is, but not always. So I use this analogy a lot is when you're a band and you're trying to get out and tour, you always see a 40 Econo line band and a trailer. That's what every band has. Now, when yeah. you're a young band, it's a very, very common thing to uh, try to figure out some alternative vehicle or a used shuttle bus or figure out something that, that to outsmart. Why didn't people get a bigger this or that or whatever? And you think that nobody thought about it and people are just doing this thing. But turns out there's really good reason why it's the standard thing for a van and a trailer to be exactly what it is and across touring bands. And it's because 
it is the most tried and true. They're the most available. They're more, it's more reliable. And when you start getting into those alternative things and vehicles, there's a good chance that, you know, people have tried them and they always wind up broken down or on the side of the road and, and stuff like that. And we did the same thing. We tried early on to get a really cheap uh, school bus and make it work. Well, they're not geared for the highway. So yeah, yeah, everybody was a little smarter than us by just going with the standard, but that's not, you know, that's not my spirit is to go with the standard. But I do realize that if you don't have some better plan or something new or something you really care about, uh, then you just better go with the standard. So I get that. I get that totally. But it is possible if you're dedicated, if you care enough to figure out how to do what we eventually did with some wisdom and make get a bus geared for the highway that was a good deal, work on it, learn it, maintain the systems, uh, go outside of the norm, do special stuff for parking. And now we have a bus that is cheaper and better than a van that we can sleep in it with bunks and we don't have to spend thousands of dollars a week on. And it's working and it's been great. But, oh, you know, a lot of those are going to, a lot of those ideas are going to fail. So yeah, you're right, Joe, it's risky, but it's also rewarding. So there's risk reward involved. And the thing that concerns me the most is we don't empower people to even take risks in in that department. <laughs> Let me say one last thing because we got to get to the news here too. Yep. But have y'all seen I'm not your guru Tony Robbins on on Netflix yet? Not yet. Please watch it. It's just so entertaining, it's so neat. And Tony Robbins uh has adapted and changed I think what he, I think he used to be more about hypnotism and stuff like that. And now he's just changed. He's kind of, you know, he he says he's not your guru, but he really has a a great skill, very lovable giant guy it's amazing how much he cusses and it's just it's just so awesome it's like really a good thing but i just saw it as i when i when i watched it there are people there that have had traumatic backgrounds right of course like i mean just some of the stories which they're going to highlight because that'll tug at your heartstrings the most but there's probably five thousand people there i bet and uh i realized there is as even as bad as some of the horrific stories were these people want there's a little bit of selfishness in there. They want to hear about them. They want to right. be able to somebody to talk about them and their pain and how bad they've had it and what they've gone through. And they want to, they want to feel that. And this connection that they have really is about them. And Hey, you know, look, I, I do have it bad, but I'm breaking free. Look at, watch me break free. And I think that's exactly the same thing as the church has gotten caught up in is self-help. Right. It is. It, it's not about Jesus and learning about Jesus. It really is <laughs> self help. Hey, here's where I'm at. Oh man, I'm in a valley. Mm -hmm. God, I just hope I can get to the top of the mountain with Jesus. But you know, but here I am. So self-help talk or high buy-in CrossFit, which actually is more help for a self. Right. CrossFit helps a self because it says you got to do all this. It's, it's you. You're going to do this. You can do it. You know, or yeah. here's things to do, or here's what we require yeah. of you. How about and this? Self-help is talk. There's a million gurus and spiritualists and Everything from palm readers to cult leaders to preachers to churches to everything relies on I'm going to talk to you and talk positive about you, and I'm going to identify with your pain and t give you some bullshit answer of your way yeah. out of it that's dependent on me. The that's church not is just like a, The church is just like a gym. They don't really care as long as you're paying your membership. Right. <laughs> like, right. You don't exactly. have to work out. We yeah. don't ask you to work out. I mean, good Lord. You just, we just want CrossFit, you to pay for you're the like, membership. shit, you better be yeah. here. That's right. Paying a shitload of money, you better be here. And the, the and church is just like the good, gym. Good yeah, analogy. You know, oh, it don't matter. You don't, you don't got to do that. Good so. analogy. Well, well, Toby, yesterday at response time, that's where we put things on the cross. Yeah. Um, you know what I wrote down on a piece of paper? What? How hungry you were? <laughs> Yeah. Also, <laughs> Joey, the fact that no, you don't have to tell anybody what response time means points to the, the problem. We know what right. you well, mean. <laughs> I just said. I just said putting things. I know. On the that's cross what I'm saying. That everybody knows what response time means. 
for right. instance. Why is that so anyway, universal? Anyway, I put news with Toby on there. I am a new man. I realized that I was in sin wow. for combating for you. And I, a lot now, of my work. you've said this stuff before. I've, you've said things just like this you before. Might be then, setting yeah, you but up. That, that, was, that was me trying to self-help. You might be lying. No, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes that, to my sharp tongueness. Right. The Holy well, you're Spirit is a fan of doing. the damn news. All right, kick it. Music's rolling. Let me, hey, let me do it this time. In a world, in a world oh where you repent and you you realize just how talented your best friend is, that the news wow, that he delivers Lord. is something bless that everyone Lord. needs and everyone needs to embrace. And without them, they would don't, be lost. Don't preach. This is news. This is news with Toby. Right wow. on. Wow. I love. I love this guy. Everybody, listen. Tune in. So, I feel like you're lying. Are you lying? Why would I be lying, dude? Because you and me. You and I both think the line's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I've got exactly first... ten minutes, and I'm walking out. You can finish without me, but let's try finishing ten minutes. Hey, we don't deal in threats, okay? So you can shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I got nine minutes. So okay. I'm walking out. You, you're gonna finish the show by your you damn self, it. right, Joey? How long? When are you leaving, Joey? Yeah, I got ten minutes. I gotta help my uncle Larry move something. Good Lord, Uncle Larry. Uh, this comes from uh, Forbes, and I thought this is really pretty interesting. Vinyl records see highest sales in almost twenty years. That is so cool. Good Isn't news. that neat? It's great. According, news. I love according it. to the Record Industry Association of America, revenue for vinyl records rose thirty-two percent last year to four hundred and sixteen million dollars, the highest it's been since nineteen eighty-eight. What's more, revenue from vinyl records has surpassed revenue that the industry receives from ad-supported streaming services such as YouTube and free Spotify mm-hmm. for, se- for the second year in a row. While we live in a world where technology's trajectory has geared us towards seeking the better faster and more, what is spurring this vinyl revival? And I'll just leave it there. What do you guys think oh, is I spurring know. this vinyl? Go ahead, Joe. Well, people love music. Yeah, and, well, you nailed and, it. And they, and Brilliant. No, no, no. Listen. They want to be able to invest in it. It is to, and commit to it. It is too cheap and too scattered to just be on um what's what's Spotify and have access to everything. There's no commitment there, and you start to lose the love for. Wait a second, your humanity. I want to buy. I, I want to buy. Uh, this Clarity Jimmy World album that I used to listen to, and I want to commit some time to it, and I want to like devote myself. And I, I know this sounds cheesy, but music is so accessible everywhere, and people want to invest in right. it again. It's just it's just been cheapened so much, and there are real music people out there. It's their hobby, and they and like I still buy music regularly on on iTunes and I could see myself getting into vinyl right now I'm just still pissed off that I threw all my vinyl away when I moved. Oh, I didn't throw it away. I sold it on eBay, but still I I I buy music. I want to invest yeah, in certain music to listen to. I don't want to just have access to a bunch of free stuff. Yeah, it's like it's very similar to podcasts in in, in that that people want something that is different or long form or difficult like that requires yeah. You, something. So, you know, I think it's, there's a lot going on in this industry, as as you guys know, and as I know, running a record label. Vinyl's been a big deal for Emory and King's Kaleidoscope and stuff like that. It's one of the ma- ways that we make money. I mean, and so the fact that the fans know that it's a good support thing. You know, King's Kaleidoscope, for instance, has great support, s- sells a ton of vinyl, able to make a big order. 
every time we do that, we know it's going to pay off. And it's a way to to really separate the music fans from people who pa- passively consume. So it's a big deal. Did you see they got a shout out from Andy Minio? Yeah, Chad's working on a record with him now, like helping nice. produce and do some other stuff. But yeah, he wore the uh, Kings K uh, shirt at the Creation Fest this week too. Dude, yeah, he performed so cool, at, at that Creation and wore the Kings K shirt. But um, yeah, that's it's a big cool. deal for us to be supported and that to put that out there. So when we pre-order vinyl, that's a big deal. And so it's a it's great news. And vinyl's becoming more and more. There's a bunch of stuff going on in the industry with pressing plants coming back online and being refurbished and so there used to be only be a couple so the technology is kind of coming back in some exciting ways so hopefully it'll be easier and take less time to get vinyl made and people will be able to do more of it but that's a it's a massive increase it's like a whole industry kind of turning around a little bit i think the thing that's cool about it is it's actually maybe one of the most physical things you can do for listening to music like it like it really is like you have to take care of it you have to take care of the of your vinyl record and then you have to take it out put it on use a needle all that stuff like i i sometimes miss a cassette tape where you pull it out and you hear the sound and when you click it in and you just hear it and the way it is like that physicality with the music is really something pretty amazing like think about what just a few hundred years ago there was no recording for music if you were going to be into music you went to shows or you went and sat and watched a pianist yeah. play That's or so you know or something like that like now you can have access to anything. It's just too overwhelming, and you don't have any real physical connection with it. Right. I mean, now, I, do I, you think that movies will ever take, like, obviously, we don't see vinyls as a step back, but do you think movies will take a step back? I don't. I think digital, no. that's just where people want to camp out. Well, there's the theater yeah. experience that might be, you know, kind of uh, in line with that, that may or may not go away or, or go up or down. But I'm just going to predict the automotive industry will respond in the same way. As soon as we get these damn self-driving cars, you're going to see a giant amount of, uh, you know, horse drawn carriages coming back. Because <laughs> yeah, you want to have to take care of the, you know, it's just too easy right. to get in your Tesla and say, go to work. We're going to start having horses. You get your own stable. You, you have to work and get, you know, do blacksmith work on your own horses and keep those wagon oh, yeah. wheels going. That It'll be the same thing. Trust me. I, I think movies, I'm gonna though, invest in will, it. Will, Joey, will go vol- virtual reality. It's going to be just completely virtual reality movie stuff, and it's going to be insane. It, it, you will be in the movie, and, and it'll be yeah, it'll be nonstop. It's just getting will it only be for will that. it only be for rich people at first? Yeah, for that, sure. That seems pretty expensive. One hundred percent. Rich people probably already have some of that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of VR goggles and stuff going around. But okay, one last news story comes from Fox News, and I wonder. Uh, this is a little bit of a confession here too. The, the what caught my eye about this is it was a very muscular, well built woman in a bikini laying on top of another man. And the and the article says bikini clad Swedish cop makes arrest while sunbathing. Okay. Can you believe it? I believe it. No. Kel- I can't Kellner, believe it. This is great, though. Yeah. Uh, Michaela Kellner and three friends were sunbathing Wednesday in Stockholm Park when a homeless man selling newspapers approached. She told the Swedish newspaper Afton Bladet. After he left, one friend noticed her phone was missing. Kellner and a, fo- a fellow police officer gave chase. Kellner said she didn't hesitate to make their arrest while wearing a bikini. If I had been naked, I would have intervened as well. <laughs> and my question is <laughs> I you. It. like, I, I, I want to ask you all. Is there, like, this happened to me and Matt. Matt's phone got stolen by a homeless guy, and I went after him. We've talked about it in the past, and I kind of got into trouble or whatever. What, okay, is it's, if you, you're sitting there at the beach with your wife, and a guy, homeless guy, walks by selling newspaper, and then she, her, her phone is missing, what do you do, Joey? The homeless guy was there for a second, and then he's walking away. He's 100 yards away, and you realize, you're, wait, holy shit, you Priscilla's pretty phone sure missing. he's got it. Well, I've done it before. <laughs> okay. I would 
run up to them and say, "Hey, man, uh, the phone's missing. I, do Do you have that?" Yeah, he'd like, be like, "Oh, just yeah, around here and you you're go. walking away." And he says, "No, I don't." And keeps walking. If I was pretty sure, like I was in in a real situation, I would say, well, "Can you show me your pockets?" And he says, "No, I'm not going to." I would probably look around for a cop that was available. Would you call a cop, even like if you? Like you would say, hey, I got to. Yeah, I would walk behind him, call the cop and just walk behind him and say, that's fine. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. You know, that'd be a, a, you know, because you can't, you got to be careful, obviously. Like I'd say no matter what, you just beat him. Yeah. Like you'd you'd get, (laughs) you get some weapon and you, I mean, chances are, right. Do you know what a good move would be though? They hurt you, you hurt them, right? (laughs) This gives me a good idea though. Another tool for your tool bag for tense situations would be to tell the person just to get a little more leverage on them would be to say that you're an off-duty cop yeah and then yes. then behave even slightly more aggressively than you'd be inclined right. to but still don't break the law that would yeah. actually be a pretty powerful move you could make on somebody well that's what i was going to say like this lady was she 100 percent sure couldn't the lady have just left her phone somewhere else but Possibly, because she's yeah. a cop it worked out right yeah like, it was just totally fine totally. like me a citizen you don't get to the government, man, they get you. They get you. All right, that's the damn news, guys. we got to get out of here. All right, thank you, Toby. That is awesome. All right, I want to say one last thing before we go here, and that's that uh, we've been sending out those keto emails with some good recipes on it lately. I've dropped them for a little while, but they're back and going now. Uh, one of our listeners, Martha, is helping me, so thank you, Martha, for that. Oh, yeah. And uh, so those emails are going. If you want to get on that list where we send out uh, dietary stuff, it's, you know, it's word of mouth. I know this is word my words to of my mouth to a lot of people at once. But nonetheless, there's no website for it or anything. If you want to be on our list and get keto recipes on Fridays, uh, email me at mattcarter at badchristian.com, and that will that's how you can, uh, you know, don't email me about anything else, but just at, email me there at that particular address and say, add me to your keto list. You want me to give them your cell phone for text messaging? Don't give them my cell phone at this time. All right. Hey, well, for uh, BC Club, it really is growing, uh, and and it's pretty exciting. So I can't read you a list of names yet because our and and just has to regroup. It's just crazy how many people are. But I'll just quote from the BC Facebook page from Jared Wynn. He says, "Guys, this is to the BC Club. Trump supporters are crushing my soul." Thanks, Very Jared, good. for that comment. Yeah, thank you to the BC Club, everybody. You can go to thebcclub.com and check it out there and join. If you haven't joined our online community, Emory Acoustic, this weekend, uh, go to bcpod.com and click the Amazon link and shop through there. Support us. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.